you were you embraced by the whites? Like you know what? It was I did. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> like and that's when I took the decision to like shave it off, like in 2017. Let's go. I was like, <laughs> it was literally like that. Was shifting, like on how women were looked at mm. and how, what was like a ideal body. Again, like Kim Kardashians and like you know like the thickness. Yeah, like that was coming around. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Burrow Sound Recording here live at the UUI Collective. I'm your host with the most DJs are. Fenny Fina in the building, <laughs> finally. Let's go. Thank you so much for having me on Thank here tonight. Thank you for coming, bro. Yo, this has <laughs> been, I don't know how long we've been talking, like, over DM, but it's definitely been, like, many months I trying to like get this podcast to I feel like almost a year. Yeah. yeah. It's like we've been going back and forth and... Mm. But yeah, I feel I feel great to be here tonight. Mm. Of course, like representing Scarborough. Jeez. Like, let's go. Like to me, Scarborough is very special. Mm-hmm. It's um I immigrated here, so mm-hmm. definitely holds a special place in my heart. So you immigrated straight to Scarborough from, from Bombay? From Mumbai? Um, funny story. I actually immigrated to Barrie. Barrie, Ontario. <laughs> Holy white people. Yeah, <laughs> trust me. It was, uh, at the same time, like coming from India, I was expecting to like see a different culture like of the white people and just like Canada, you know? So I didn't, it wasn't a shock. But at the same time, I think when I came to Toronto, like Scarborough and seeing like the culture and seeing just people who look like me more Mm -hmm. and I felt more at home then. Mm -hmm. And that's why like, yeah, coming to Scarborough just felt like, yeah, I'm just at home. You know, Mm -hmm. it didn't feel like any different from like where I come from in Bombay and Theory, which is similar to like a suburbs Mm -hmm. um, vibe and just the community and people. So, yeah, it just it, Mm -hmm. it, it it, it was a different experience, but. I definitely can say like Scarborough made me feel like home. Mm -hmm. So you came to Canada in 2011. Mm -hmm. My question is, what is the kind of Indian expectation of immigrating to Canada? Because we're seeing a lot of migrants coming from India. Yeah. From their perspective, what are they expecting when they come to Canada? And then how does that contrast to like the reality of Canada? <laughs> That's such a interesting question. It's a very good question because back then, even 10 years ago, like, the expectation is always like the lifestyle is so much better here. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we're just all like rich. We're living like a, just like, I don't know, like it, it's like this dream. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the American dream in a way, you know, similar thing. Like we're still, it's like the Canadian dream in a way, right? Mm-hmm. Is that um, what it is? So like they think there's, it's like a land of opportunity, land like of financially opportunity. kind of? Both ways, I would say, like, mm-hmm. I think not just um in terms of opportunities, but even like the lifestyle hmm. that you're living like compared to like how it is there hmm. not um uh, even like the air quality bro like <laughs> okay air quality is a big thing in canada because when i go to turkey and i come back you could feel you could there's feel a nice the air here yeah yeah and i think just the lifestyle and the quality of life in general is so much higher that's hmm. what they see i mean and it is but there is as you said there is the cons to it hmm. where you have to work so much harder and you're pretty much like working to living to work. No. Yeah. Living to work. Living to work. Yeah. Yeah, That's what, yeah. That's all you're doing is every day you're just hustling just to make sure like you're paying your rent, your bills are paid and a little bit of time that you get, maybe you'll go on the weekend and enjoy it. That's Mm -hmm. if the weather is good. Mm. (laughs) Let's not forget that, you know, and people don't see the weather and the the six months that we spend like in darkness Mm -hmm. and, just trying to like wait for those three months of summer. Like everyone just sees the good things. And I mm-hmm. think it, that's how, that's how most things are. Like most mm-hmm. people see always like the grass is always you know, greener on the other side. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I think even for us, like that's what we thought. Like even for me coming here, I was like, yeah, it's like a lot of opportunities. It is, but there's so much that comes with it. Like yeah. even me being a like immigrant and um just be, I was like 17 when I came here. Mm. So for me, it was, it was so new, like being with these, like just in Barry, you know, and like being around like white people and like seeing their like whole aesthetic or how people dress. Like I'm not used to that in a way. Right. Mm-hmm. Like even especially like with hair, like mm. girls, like they had like straight hair and I even like, I was confused at first. I'm like, why does everyone have straight hair? I'm like, this mm. is different. I'm like, back home where I come from, everyone has like different, like curly, wavy, like, you know, mm. it's just natural hair, right? Mm-hmm. But here's like this, like particular, like just like straight hair. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I didn't understand how they were getting it until like 
they started telling me, yeah, it's like this straightening, like straightening mm -hmm. iron and stuff. And I was like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. And then I started using it. And like, it got to a point where I didn't like how my hair felt like after I straightened it. Mm. Like when I would just wash it, it was like frizzy because it's damaged. Like mm. you're using heat on your hair at the end of the day. Like mm. it's going to damage your natural hair, you really? know? And I didn't like that. Like, and that's when I took the decision to like shave it off, like in 2017. When they're like born and stuff, a uh, few months in, like, you know, I don't know, like a year in, they'll like shave their hair or six months in mm -hmm. um, and let it grow. So I think like that was in my head. I was like, oh, like maybe if I just shave it, it will grow back thicker. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know, like it will just grow back like stronger, you yeah. know? And it did. Like this right now is just natural. Like I've had it. I don't use heat that much. Like mm -hmm. that's why I braid my hair. So like mm -hmm. kind of to like protect it and mm -hmm. style myself at the same time. Come on, mm -hmm. let's be real. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. no one wants to like walk around with just like my hair down all the time, you know? I wish so, I could do that. Yeah, I'm just no. kind of, I had to kind of <laughs> learn like to style it. And mm -hmm. it, it it's now becoming like my thing in a way, right? Mm -hmm. um, my style. And I didn't even... Like, I wasn't trying to aim for it to be that. I was trying to, like, accept my hair, my body. And, mm -hmm. um, yeah. But arriving in, arriving in Barrie, <laughs> obviously, like, when I hear you speak, like, I only hear a little bit accent. Like, you sound like you're from here. Like, yeah, yeah, to yeah, me, yeah. Right? But I'm sure when you first arrived mm -hmm. and you're younger, mm -hmm. probably had a heavier accent. You're in a town that's mostly white. Mm -hmm. There might have been probably a few token, like, uh, like, students of color or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But how were you received? Were there, like... Was there a curiosity? Was mm. there like an ostracization where they're like, mm -hmm. oh, like she's like an outsider kind of pusher? Or was it like, did you, were you embraced by the whites? Like, you know what? It was, I did. <laughs> I got <laughs> embraced by the whites. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, it, 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 it was them times. Like, 10 years ago, it was still different. Like, yeah. won't lie. But no, I didn't feel like no discrimination in a way. Like, there mm. was like, because listen, we're, we're in Canada and the discrimination is very subtle. Like, it's very yeah. like, it's just passive aggressive. Passive, it's like, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, and me like being because I was 17 and I was just naive in a way, you know, mm. like, and, and the world is so like new to me. I'm like, I'm, I always, and even the type of person I am, I like seeing the good in people. So I'm just like, yeah, like these are my friends, you know? Mm -hmm. So no one really, like, even the close people that I was with, no one treated me away, but there were certain people that would like, just make certain comments. Like, and my English was actually always, I wouldn't say it was good, but because I, I came, came come from like uh, a Catholic medium school or mm -hmm. like cat, that's what they call it in India, basically mm -hmm. like Catholic school all mm -hmm. my life. So English has kind of like always been, I don't want to say my first language, but mm -hmm. yeah, like it's always been like the language I studied in. Very like comfortable. Yeah, yeah. So I did have an accent, like certain words, like, you know, like it took me a while to say like comfortable, com comfortable. Comfortable. Yeah. I comfortable. would be like comfortable because that's how, that's how it's back spelled. Home. That is how it's like, spelled Comfortable, though. like that's monopoly or like, yeah. you know, even like vegetable. It's <laughs> <laughs> It's the table words. Yeah, it's yeah. just like you. And that's how people say it back home. And no, nobody says anything because that's normal. But when mm. I came here and I said it once or twice and people are like laughing or just like, mm. you know, like they're just like inside joke. And that's when I realized I'm like, yo, like some I need to like, it's not that I need to like fix my accent. I was mm. just like, that's when I like learned that I had to like fit in in a mm. way. And that, that's when, yeah, it kind of like that journey started of me fitting in. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I got to a point after I graduated where I was like, okay, this is, this is not me. Like I can't fit in and follow this. Like, okay, I graduated and we're going to work nine to five. Mm. And this is it. Like for the rest of my life, like I could not like bring myself to do that, mm -hmm. which is when I started writing. Like I, same time when I like shaved my hair and I was like, it was almost like a spiritual awakening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it sounds now that looking back to it, it's like, that's what it felt like it yeah. was in the moment. It was just more so like, I just felt like I wanted to be more me. Mm -hmm. I wasn't me like with the hair and doing like my makeup a certain way and wearing a certain clothes, you know, mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. A lot of change in that time I started writing and um, even with writing, it was such a 
a natural process. What like, were you writing? Like I've always wrote like since I was like 14, like I think that's when most artists start writing, like in 13, 14, like mm. in that middle school age. Mm. And um it never stuck like as a something that I should do. It was just like, oh yeah, I write. Like, you know, like it just comes to me and like I just write sometimes like, and like my poetry, thoughts. like bars, like No, it was poetry. Like okay, it wasn't okay. bars. That's I didn't <laughs> know hip hop. Yeah, because mm. like especially in India, like they didn't really have hip hop like as a concept, like hip hop. It was mm. more so just hip pop like you know mm. like akon and like mm. like akon is still hip-hop but it's still like r&b and there's like yeah. elements of pop and mm. like commercial music like you know but radio like rap, music rap wasn't as big in india no like, like not commercially then, it oh, yeah commercially. It, it was okay. probably like people were still playing i think for me like my introduction in a way was like eminem and mm -hmm. like akon and then mm. later on like obviously like Tupac and stuff mm -hmm. like that's when I really learned about like hip hop. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it was like it was almost a culture like that that wasn't there like in India at that time mm -hmm. that deeply. Mm -hmm. So to see it kind of evolved and um, how it is now, like it's crazy. But anyways, like coming mm -hmm. back to like how I started. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was just like poems. And then like when I when 2017, I was like, I need to really connect with my language because I was forgetting how to like. And I'm forgetting how to speak Hindi, but like it was just, I, I had like these moments where my Canadian accent would come in my Hindi hmm. and I didn't like that. Like it was like, it, I, I, I don't even want to do it because it's going to sound so cringe. Like, no, you have to do it. <laughs> you have to do it. I, well, you know, I'm not going like, to know what you're saying. I don't like, even... kaise ho? like, you know, and which just mean like, how are you? But you, for you guys, it just sounds normal. Yeah. But for me, it's like. That's too like. But like you sound like a white person speaking <laughs> yeah. in kind of. Oh, yeah, okay. exactly. Instead, it should be like "ap kaise ho," like you know. Mm -hmm. There's just like a a tone mm -hmm. that you that is just there, like a little an inflection. Yeah, 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 like the emotion behind it. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, and and then it will call my friends, and they would be like, "Yo, like, why are you talking like that?" Like you know, and they would laugh, <laughs> and like they would be like, "Yo, say it again." Like it's so cute, and I'm like, "No, this is not cute." I'm mm. like, "No, this is not cute." So that's when I started writing, and uh, even with writing like in Hindi, like it, again, it was just poems. I was really taking inspiration from like mm. uh, poets in India. Called this is there is this one called Sant Kabir. He's actually a saint. Um, and he's like written poems that I kind of studied like when I was growing up in school. They've they used to have like that have the poems in Hindi uh, textbooks and stuff. So that's how I kind of learned about it. So it kind of stayed with me as like something very impactful. And his poems are like spirit, about spiritual and like about daily life and how like just like basic proverbs to like you know make your life better like mm. that you live in the today, don't live in the tomorrow, don't mm. worry about you know trying to like rush after things. Or basically don't procrastinate when you can do things today. Like, kal karo so aaj kar, aaj karo so ab. That's like one of his proverbs. So, mm. um, yeah, I think for me, that's how it started is really just spirituality and motivation, mm. which is how you can even see my songs are like about self-motivation and um, just self-reflection and spirituality. Mm. Um, I didn't think like if I was writing rap, I'll be real. Like mm. for me, it was just like writing poems. Mm -hmm. And because hip hop was, as a genre was coming up and I was listening to like hip hop music at the same time. And it was so new. Like there was... There's nobody that's like done like Hindi rap before in mm. India, like until like that time, mm. you know, in in history. So I feel mm. like for me, it was like, wow, this is this is something so new. Mm. And in that way, like, you know, there's obviously people who've done it like but not like, you know, how like Tupac has done it. Like, you mm. know, there was no one like who's like a Tupac of India yeah. or like that kind of vibe. So when stuff like that started coming out, I was like kind of inspired being like this is this is crazy like mm. and even seeing how they're writing it's so real about like real life and what they're going through and I kind of took inspiration from that in my writings because I was like I'm already writing this like what I'm going through and like mm. my life and like just motivating myself and um I kind of I played a beat and it it just I started rapping I guess to it and it flew like I just flowed on it mm. and um that was like the first time I realized I'm like wait this is something like I can make this into something. Mm. And um, yeah, I dropped my first track in 2020, Rukna Nahi. Like I independently just went for it. I didn't, 
I didn't have no like support, like real, like from like nobody to be like, this is how you're supposed to do it. I just seen people like how it's done before, mm -hmm. you know, taking inspiration from other artists in the city and um, yeah, putting in the work where I thought and the vision that I had as mm -hmm. a brown artist mm -hmm. representing Now, I, I don't want to say I'm representing India, but like I'm representing like where I come from mm. in Mumbai and like uh, my community because no one's done that from like my community like mm -hmm. ever, um, especially as a woman to do it. And there's a lot of barriers that we face even as women. And I think mm. that's like looked not as spoken about in the industry, even in general. So yeah, I feel like for me, I want to like give a voice to like those people like who are who have talent and who are like not really um in the light just mm -hmm. because they don't have the resources just because because that's exactly what i was i didn't have the resources but i had to kind of pave my own way mm -hmm. i worked nine to five like i was just taking care of my family making music i mm -hmm. started coconuts um mm -hmm. yeah no i did have a quick question um mm -hmm. because i noticed a lot of your songs are multilingual mm -hmm. like you're, you're dropping hindi bars english bars yeah. from a uh, poetic standpoint mm -hmm. Um, what would you say the differences are with Hindi poetry versus English poetry in terms of the structure? Because I, I feel like Hindi is such like an old ancient language mm -hmm. that's very like poetic mm -hmm. and metaphoric and mm -hmm. symbolic. English is also like an interesting language. Mm -hmm. It's a little more recent, but a lot of people do say that, especially for music, maybe in the West, especially yeah. English has its own like unique advantages. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. how do you compare the two? I would say um, Hindi because I some I use Hindi, Urdu, a mix of Hindi, Urdu and Konkani and Marathi, which is like the four languages that I was kind of born and raised around. Uh, I so for me, it's and all three languages have similar similarities. Hmm. So um, and the thing is, even with me, even with my writing, like from when I started writing from, even from, like you can see from my songs, from Rukna Nahi to Jismay Ruhaniya to Q to like get better. Like the writing style has changed so much. And that's because the first time when I started writing, uh, Rukna Nahi is a very like Hindi, um, Urdu poetic song. Like not, I wouldn't say poetic. It still has like slangs, but the Hindi that I'm using is still very like textbook. It's Hindi. like formal. Yeah. It's yeah. very formal. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what I had to understand is like, there are different ways that you can use language, hmm. you know, like, as you said, like, um, Hindi can be poetic, but it can also be like very informal. And mm. so there's um, like ratchet Hindi. Like, yeah, yeah, okay. exactly. I, I, I guess like, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the word. <laughs> like ratchet Hindi. Exactly. <laughs> Which is pretty much like, you know, uh, for people, it would be like for people who are watching, I guess it would be like Tapori Hindi or like, I don't want to say, um, yeah, just like the street. Okay. Like the street. Like slang. Slang, like, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Less yeah. formal. Less formal. So, um, and that's one thing I, even about rap and when you're doing music is I realized well, you can make songs that, that can be like poetic and a certain like depth to it. But then when you're doing like rap, I feel like it almost has to be how you're talking. Yeah. Because that's what rap is. It and it took me a lot while to understand mm -hmm, that myself mm -hmm. as an artist. Mm -hmm. Because again, I didn't start as a rapper or like, you know, I never started mm -hmm. like, I know hip hop. Like it was more so that I was just. You're like a writer first. I was almost. writing. Yeah, yeah, I was writing poems. And mm -hmm. then rap kind of came naturally to me being like, hey, like you can express yourself in this way and your mm. music can be understood in that way. Like instead of me, cause I'm not a singer. Like mm. I'm, I, I can sometimes like, you know, sing a little bit. But auto tune, like, auto tune yeah, a lot. You I, know? Like exactly. Can, auto -tune, anyone can sing with auto tune, honestly. <laughs> At this, yeah, that's yeah. the age that we're living in, you know? Mm -hmm. And I mean, I don't try, I try not to use auto tune too much in mm -hmm. my music. Um, but at the same time, I feel like, uh, what really matters as we were coming back to like the language, even in English, like you can be poetic, but at the same time, English can also sound so like rash, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. And there's sometimes like I've tried to like, um, translate like Hindi bars to like English and it just doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm, it mm -hmm. sounds so silly, like, yeah. because the Hindi is so, again, it's so poetic. And, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes I'm talking about certain things that might not make like direct sense in mm -hmm. English, unless mm -hmm. I translate it again, in that poetic ma manner where yeah. it will make sense, like 
in English. English is a very, I've been told, and I kind of see it because I speak Turkish too. Mm -hmm. English is a very literal language. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like you can say a lot like specifically, you know what I'm saying? You can be very concise or like descriptive, Mm -hmm. but it's also kind of like, I don't know how to just like mechanical. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, uh, but I find that I found it interesting that you mm-hmm. said, like, when you do music, it has to be less formal because, yeah, mm-hmm. like even with rap, like, English rap, like you're not going to rap sound like Shakespeare. You know exactly. what I'm saying? Like, you're going to sound like a weird <laughs> Imagine guy. Imagine that. Like, <laughs> I feel like and um, and yeah, that's why it took me a while to like understand that, that mm-hmm. that's how rap is, you know. And it wasn't that I was trying to like make it sound a certain way. It's just that I was writing the poems inspired from certain era of time and and um mm. just poets who was like you know writing that way mm-hmm. so i think yeah i had to like be like no how how would i speak it in today's time in in 2023 mm-hmm. and you're gonna see that in like my upcoming music is that's exactly what i've tried to do is mm-hmm. in, incorporate more like even english because um yeah i living in toronto like living in scarborough i i have to kind of represent that part of me too Mm -hmm. i can't just be like oh i'm an indian rapper just doing hindi you know and Mm -hmm. that's it because again coming back to who i am and how i talk i'm not just talking in hindi Mm -hmm. i'm talking in this this accent now that people supposedly like and i don't even know what accent it is like a little bit of berry a little bit of scarborough it's it's everything (laughs) a little bit indian you know and then there's a little bit of West Indian because of the uh, culture that I've been inspired by. I My first job was at a CD shop at, mm-hmm. at Warden Eglinton. CD shop. Warden Eglinton Flea CDs. Market, bro. That's crazy. <laughs> I was selling CDs, like That's those bootleg, yeah. you know, West Indian remixes, whatever. <laughs> Honestly, whatever you want to call it. Pasa Pasa DVDs, everything. <laughs> like, bro. And I didn't know. I didn't know. Remember, like, imagine, like, I'm just 17. So the culture is so new they're just giving me these dvds like even the first time i seen a pasa pasa i was like what is this they're just like oh it's just like this party dance hall party there's girls dancing and dj playing music and that's what it is i was like oh okay cool anybody comes ten dollars i was like okay mm. fine <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that was me like that's my other than that like and that's how i even got introduced to like west indian music like mm. reggae music mm. more than just bob marley because yeah. that's what we and knew back then the in India, it's just mm-hmm. Bob Marley, you know, but mm-hmm. coming back, coming down to like, yeah, even how I was introduced to like more of a larger culture of music mm-hmm. was working there and selling CDs. Yeah. I had, before we, we go on break, um, mm-hmm. I want to ask you because I remember you were saying at the time when you were discovering hip hop, it was kind of building in India, but there wasn't that guy. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like Siddhu Muswala kind of became that guy mm-hmm. or are there like, would you say like he's one of the biggest in India? Because I know here, mm. like he's huge. He's that, yeah, and I yeah. know like he has a really big legacy, huge following mm-hmm, too. Like when you mm-hmm. look at this guy's YouTube and stuff, like it's mm-hmm. like, like, did he become kind of like that Tupac? Um, I mean, sadly, he did become like Tupac in terms of the story of how shit went down. Mm-hmm. Like rest in peace. Like I have mad respect for him and like his music. Uh, but I think before Sidhu... Uh, Muswala did what he did there was a lot of other artists that were doing that in India like Mm. from Bombay Mm. from like in Delhi and like certain parts of India that they were like really creating that culture there Mm. Um, pre like and this is not even 2015 I'm saying like 2011 when Mm. the culture was like really just like grassroots and people are just doing ciphers and Mm -hmm. they're organizing smaller events and coming together um, just so to like learn hip-hop like building that culture over yeah because there was really nobody to like do that like you know as I said like Mm -hmm. even for me because I immigrated in 2011 I was kind of not involved in that culture Mm. then even though i was like still hearing about it there was Mm. like these online communities Mm. um i don't know if you guys know orkut there was like this social media platform like around the same time as like msn oh rkut yeah kut orkut i don't know why i know about that yeah yeah it's um Mm. but yeah it was just um yeah, so on there, like, they would have, like, these, like, rap battles and stuff, like, in the... Like, like battle raps, yeah. Yeah, just, like, you know, on online. So yeah. I think, like, I remember seeing that, but then by the time I was... It was kind of starting to grow, I moved here, and mm. 
me being here, me being in Barrie, like it was just a different culture that yeah. hip hop and all of that, like just writing in general, like that wasn't even on my mind. It was more like survival and just being, mm-hmm. just trying to like, yeah, graduate university. So that's, so I think around then is when the hip hop like really was like beginning to start. Mm-hmm. And 2016 or 2017, there was this uh, movie that dropped called Gully Boy, which is what really took like the culture like on a more commercial scale and mm-hmm. like really brought it to like a bigger audience in India because it's like a movie, you know, it's a Bollywood movie. Like, so there's like- but It was a hip hop Bollywood movie kind of? Yeah, it was inspired by these two artists uh, that were like from Bombay called mm-hmm. Divine and Nazy. And they kind of were the first people to like make a commercial in a way with mm. hip hop mm. and their music. So I think um, that for me, like that would, that would be like the uh, turning point yeah. in Indian hip hop yeah. where it really like came to a, like a, it just blew up from there. Mm-hmm. And now it's come to a point where there's so many other artists that are coming up mm-hmm. and even Sidhu Muswale, like, that's, I think he came up like a few years after that. Like he even, I think, started making music around then, 2016. Mm-hmm. And his music started popping up just, I think, right after that year, 2017. And mm-hmm. he kind of just blew up because yeah. his music was so powerful and is still powerful. Mm-hmm. I think people related it to like a next level mm-hmm. where it didn't matter. Like, I, I don't even think a lot of people realized that he was from Brampton, like mm-hmm. when he was like here making music. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, it was only like until like he passed and then people are like, oh shit, there is somebody, you know, called Sidhu Muswalia who's like, who made like music, he was doing hip hop. And I think it, it's crazy because that's what happens like sometimes mm. with like great music or great artists. It only gets noticed like yeah, after the fact. It's kind sad. Of. Yeah. yeah, it's really sad. because no, And I've seen that happen with a lot of artists. Like you could, I can even say that about X, like mm. XX Tentacio, yeah. like yeah. that happened with him, you know. And Juice World, all those guys. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And rest in peace, like they're big names and they mm. were honestly, I feel like they would have made not just names, like they're like real big impact like yeah. in the music and in the world. Mm. So... Um, yeah, I think just in general though, like, uh, Sidhu really left like a big impact on the generation Mm -hmm. right now of like Indian hip hoppers or even just like artists in general, like not Mm -hmm. just in India, like even just everywhere around the world Mm -hmm. because he, he made it like, I don't know. It's almost like, you know, just like Tupac, like he sparked like the fire Mm -hmm. of this like revolution of music. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's going to continue for like years to come okay yo we're gonna take a quick break more with fenifino on burrow sound <laughs> after this burrow sound djs are back with fenifino uh there. there's something that one of the things i noticed uh i was like going through your stuff mm-hmm. and one of your songs is featured in the cbc i guess show is it a series yeah it's a show on cbc called run the burps mm-hmm. um and even that like how that happened was so random with me dropping just me Ruhani, it was featured on it, which is my second debut single. I, I just say debut, but yeah, it's my second single that mm-hmm. was dropped in 2020. I, I I just did that song. Like I found the beat. I had the stuff written to it. I did it and I dropped it. And I think it was a year later that I got the email from one of the supervisors, like the music, music supervisors for mm-hmm. the show. And they're like, they wanted to have my songs fe- like one of the songs on the show mm-hmm. just like not featured like uh like my whole song but just like you know a little bit in in a little part yeah. and i just just when i seen that email i was so excited mm-hmm. the fact that just something i created out of passion yeah. was reaching like on a bigger scale mm-hmm. to that level where i I mean, I've always wanted my songs on Netflix and stuff. Like I put put that out in the universe, but I mm-hmm. didn't think like it would happen so fast. Mm-hmm. Like, so yeah, that just kind of happened. I think because they discovered my music, they were looking for um, Indian female artists making hip hop music to mm-hmm. go with the vibe of the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's uh, Rocky Cola and Andrew Pung. I think that's his name. Am I right? Correct me if I'm wrong. he's he's in kim's convenience um you can cut Mm. some of this part no no it's cool no i know kim's convenience yeah yeah if if i don't like yeah i don't know i uh it was a correct Mm. name but they're um they're part of the show and i think 
to me, it was nice to just be represented in a in a show where their main artist is uh, sorry, main actor is Indian. Mm. Like that's the that's what they're showing is like an yeah. Indian and Vietnamese family, okay, uh, who are living in the suburbs, mm-hmm. uh, who are mm. trying to like just like you know, it's just like a new age family, like mm. how things would be. Like the guy likes his sneakers, and you know the girl has her like cooking classes mm. and stuff that she does. So I think it's just like so real, mm-hmm. and to have my song featured in something like that like it was it felt like like an honor it's very validating um, and I, yeah. my, my question is like as a canadian artist a lot of people that they kind of aspire to have their music like in mm-hmm. like these major networks so how do they go about once they contact you and they say hey we want to use your song mm-hmm. right do they give you like a one-time fee is mm-hmm. it kind of like a contract where it's like you're gonna get residual kind of like royalties mm-hmm. as this airs like yeah I'm not sure how much you can talk about the business mm-hmm. side of it, but for, for artists who kind of aspire to have that, like what was that process? Like kind of like the business side of it. Yeah. Once you're like, okay, yeah, yeah, you guys can use my song. Do they just send you a contract right away? Like, <laughs> I think, yeah, pretty much like they, you negotiate with them and, you know, I think it depends on what kind of deal you're going to get. I definitely don't want to give too much away, but <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, it, yeah, as I said, it depends on like what they're looking for and how long the song is in the, you know, in their episode or in the movie. It, and ultimately I think even as an artist, it's important to like read your contract and like know your worth and like what your music is worth at the same time because uh sometimes like you can get lowballed at like because yeah, you know like you're like an artist. independent artist yeah. yeah like you know but like it's nice to just know industry standards and right now like you could google everything and like mm. everything is like available online so just google and mm-hmm. um know like the industry standards of what the market rate is right now for certain things mm-hmm. and According to that, like, I feel like it doesn't hurt to, like, always ask Mm -hmm. because, um, yeah, because we're independent artists. Like, we're trying to figure this out on our own. And right now there is um, there is talent and there's also opportunities, but Mm -hmm. it's just for the talent to, like, tap into these opportunities. So I would like what how that happened was so it was almost felt like it was meant to happen because they were, like, looking for Indian Canadian artists yeah. to have it featured in their um, in their show. Mm-hmm. So uh, the more of us come up, like I feel like there will be more opportunities for us because there are going to be more Indian Canadian shows because mm-hmm. there is so much of a population, as you said, that is like coming mm-hmm. up now. Mm-hmm. And um, so there has to be representation somewhere, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, as you can see, like even in even in like just general media like in Hollywood there you would never see like Indian actors before but now there's like Priyanka Chopra who's mm-hmm. like done shows and part of like movies and there's like Lily saying who's like doing her thing and even her like she started like as a YouTuber yeah and I kind of like always looked up to her especially like very earlier on like when I immigrated here because mm-hmm. there's nobody doing what she was doing mm-hmm. in 2011 2012 like to see and I think that's when even she started like her journey um so to see like you know somebody like me on television or just like not television but like on the screen like Mm -hmm. and I back then again internet was coming up too so like we're all like on the internet you know Mm -hmm. trying to see what's popping who's Mm -hmm. popping or just like trying to see what's next on the internet like Mm -hmm. so yeah it was just like a different experience to see everybody come up on their own and um I've kind of like taken inspiration from that mm-hmm. as a brown person mm-hmm. and a artist too. As as a as you're saying like as a brown female artist mm-hmm. and off here we were talking about uh MIA like do you think she was kind of like the first one that you kind of like saw yourself represented in because she was like super legit like yeah. i remember when kanye sampled like the swag i like us yeah, and then yeah, i started yeah, like looking yeah. in her music and paper planes and all this stuff and and she was like a legitimate superstar and it wasn't even like she was like a a, a brown artist she was just an artist, artist that was yeah, brown you know what exactly. i'm saying yeah. yeah i think and i think that's what even makes her special and different is that she she represented her where she came from, but like at the same time, like her music was just music. Just like, good music, yeah. Yeah, it was it was just something that I feel like everyone could relate to. And um, I remember hearing about like her, I guess it would be Paper Planes or one of those like earlier on songs uh, when I was 
very young. I think like 2000, 2002, like mm-hmm. around around them, like early 2000s, pretty much. And um, yeah, I did feel represented because she just, she was just like, you know, like back then, again, because there's always been like this aesthetic that women have followed, you know, to have your hair a certain way and do your makeup a certain way and like, you know, be a certain person, like just on screen. And like, she just kind of broke that. Like she was just like wild. Like mm-hmm. her hair is just like natural, you know, her makeup, she's like, she would do makeup, but it's like so different if she yeah. did it or if not, like it didn't matter. Like yeah. it just, it's just her. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's just her vibe. Like, you know, she's not like a lady, like she wasn't moving like lady leg. Mm-hmm. Like she's doing her dance and she's just free basically. She was like very just free, herself. Yeah. And seeing that like on screen. And I think that was inspiring for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she was like one of the first artists that I would say like, that was um, kind of like an inspiration to me as a, just as a brown person Mm -hmm. as a so technically like you are technically in a sense a toronto artist Mm -hmm. you know and especially as a toronto female artist do you feel like there's kind of a a pressure to i wouldn't say like sexualize yourself but Mm -hmm. be like like put yourself out there in that way because you see like a lot of female rappers end up having to really put themselves out there physically Mm -hmm. almost to get that uh, validation, validation or credit. Yeah. Do you yeah. feel like sometimes there's that pressure where it's like, you kind of know that like, that's what people want, but then like, there's also your own moral compass yeah. there too. I think I definitely agree. Like between that, there's like a fine line, like between that moral compass and just like, I don't know, like I personally, but with my music and how I represent myself, it's been, um, very personal because that it, it, really roots down to my journey of immigrating here and even my my dressing style how it was in India and how even women dress in India like it's I'm not saying it's um it is modest like you know it's just because we have to move like that because the people around us there like look at you differently and even make you feel like very like conscious of yourself they just and, stare like, at you right uh, yeah, bro, there's a guy like, this comedian uh Akash Singh he was like <laughs> They just stare at you like this. Yeah, there is no like... Like no shame. No shame. (laughs) Like, you know, and you start feeling then weird about being like, shit, like, damn, like, you know, I should cover up because... Um, because of how they're looking at you. like So I think that that was always like, that's how I was born and raised. And then to come here and like, men don't care because like, that's how you guys are like born and raised here. You know, like you guys are just... Like everyone, I feel like most people, like I wouldn't say all, but like, you know, that's just how the culture is here. Like showing skin or. Yeah, it's accepted. It's like a normal part. It doesn't stand out because it's kind of like the norm. It is a norm. Like you can see girls in bikinis at the beach and it's like a normal thing. But in Mm. in India, if you wear like a bikini at the beach, like best believe there's going to be like 10 people surrounding, taking pictures, 100 people. Like, yeah, it's just like, yeah, I mean, not like I wouldn't say like everywhere in India, but like if you go to like in a certain beach in Bombay, there will be like people who just be watching me like, oh, what is she doing? Like, you know, it's just I think it's also curiosity. And again, because maybe they haven't seen it like you know, before yeah. it's all, they, they always see it in pictures or TV. And then now you see like, it in whoa, person. Like you're like, oh shit. Boobs, like, yeah, yeah. Like, oh shit. Ass. Like, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, it, uh, and this is, and I, I don't want to like generalize it. Like, you know, I'm not saying this is how people are in India, but yeah, like some people are like that. Is there and, like a, con- is there an effort like to kind of liberate Indian women so that it becomes like here where they're able to dress freely and not have that I don't want to say harassment but like that aspect of it there is 100% like especially in cities like Bombay like you know there it's it's becoming like that where it's becoming accepted so even men like are starting to like feel like that but at the same time there as I said there are still like if you just go outside of Bombay if you go in like a town like Villages. a small town yeah oh, exactly yeah, yeah. like mm-hmm. it's you can't do that stuff there like you have to cover up bro like mm-hmm. and i feel like even me like going for example like if i go to my my village like i'm not gonna i, I don't i don't go like how i dress here you know yeah, what i mean yeah, yeah. I, I dress very different because mm-hmm. i also think it's like a respect thing you yeah. know what i mean you're around certain people different and, places operate differently like yeah, yeah. and I, I think that's what it is like you don't have to like it's like it's almost like code switching. I was thinking mm. about it the earlier today too. It's like, just like how we switch our language. It's like just switching that. And it's, it's not that you're trying to be like, Oh, different because you're in the village and you're mm-hmm. trying to like, 
um, I don't know how to say, like just succumb to the like the peer pressure of the people in the village. You're not trying to do that. It's just you're trying to respect where you are and the place you are. 100%. Because I can dress freely when I'm in Canada, when I'm here. Or even in Bombay, like I was dressing like how I wanted to and no one really, like there are people watching, but at the same time, because I'm used to that here, like that confidence, like so mm. I can carry that myself there too, like that mm. same confidence and feel okay because knowing that, oh, they've never seen somebody like this. <laughs> so if you want to watch, mm -hmm. sure. Like, what am I, I'm not going to stop you, you know? And I'm not like, I'm not going to like, just be like walking around like half naked. Like there is, again, there's like a, I don't know. I just, no, carry, I get it. you have to know how to carry yourself in certain situations and 100%. where to, how to dress. Like, yeah. it's just, I learned that for myself. Like, I feel like, and for, even for me in hip hop, like that's how I, move like i don't mm. i'm not trying to like show my body because like i want a certain like people to like look at me or attention yeah. like everything i've done it's almost like i felt comfortable in wearing those clothes like i've yeah. never wore something i'm not comfortable in yeah most of the stuff like i've designed and like it's specifically designed so like i could feel comfortable because mm -hmm. <laughs> i'm big on comfort like my style i feel like you're even general like your style has to be something you're comfortable in you can't yeah. just be uncomfortable in something and like, you know, be, you're not yourself. Mm -hmm. It's kind of unfortunate that I feel like a lot of female rappers all like, especially you look at like a Nicki Minaj or like Meg Thee Stallion or Cardi mm -hmm. B, like their image or like their kind of like promiscuous vibe mm -hmm. is a big part of their brand. Mm -hmm. And I mean, with Nicki Minaj, like she's certified, she's super good MC. Yeah. But I feel like for other rappers, like it, female rappers like it can almost take away from their music because now like you're kind of just like being gawked at you yeah, know what i'm yeah, saying like yeah. now you're almost like a spectacle of just like like those dudes just just mm -hmm. stare like you know what i'm saying yeah you're super much. hyper sexualized and that does sell you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying i mean even for men like if you're like a like a fit guy mm -hmm like you're probably gonna take off your shirt when you perform you know what i'm saying if you're a rapper like yeah, like 50 yeah, yeah. cent or the game or these guys you know what i'm saying like they also use it to their advantage but i definitely feel like for women there it's almost like that expectation where it's like oh like you're performing for us you're entertaining for us like be half naked you know yeah, what i'm saying yeah, yeah. like i mean so i respect I, what you're doing by mm -hmm. like you know being authentic and like because i feel like for women it's almost like it's an easy option to just mm -hmm. like wear less clothes and you yeah. know it's going to get more attention. But like, yeah. do you want that type of attention or would mm -hmm. you rather people really Listen like take, music. yeah, like your music? Yeah. yeah. I think like even with Nicki Minaj and Cardi B and all those like other, like a lot of female rappers that came up in like 2000s, um, what really happened was the culture was shifting like on how women were looked at mm. and what was like an ideal body because mm. of like, again, like Kim Kardashian's and like, you know, like the thickness. Yeah, like that was coming around. So I think um, as women of color, like with, with Nicki Minaj and mm -hmm. them they, just having like a thick body, mm -hmm. it was like, that was just hypersexualized. Yeah. Like it was almost like they didn't have a, have a choice. Like, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. No, I know like, exactly I'm not saying that mean. they didn't do it on purpose. Like, cause there's so much you, we don't know. Like, cause I was Some watching. Some people could be getting BBLs. I was, I know, I yeah. know. But like, I was watching like this Nicki Minaj interview and like it recent interview that she did with, um, I don't even know who she did it with, but like it's, it's on YouTube and it's like a two hour long interview, but she's speaking like some real gems. Cause I do respect her as an, as mm -hmm. a she's sick, yeah. She's like, I, you should see her. I don't know if you've seen her freestyle like back in the day and like, Oh, she's a, she's sick MC. Yeah. Like she's actually, <laughs> that's good. what I'm saying. Like yeah. exact and her flow, just everything. And even she's talking about it herself. She's like how she got like hypersexualized because you know, there was a certain like, aesthetic that was going and they just wanted that yeah. and like that got pushed too much yeah and even coming down to like artists like lady gaga actually uh if you watch her documentary like even in, in that like she speaks on how she like her dressing a certain way that she did she did that specifically because she didn't want to get hypersexualized Hmm. so because she knew that if she didn't like she they would want her to dress a certain way and be a certain way which is why she's like fuck this i'm gonna like do the craziest shit ever hmm. and people are gonna start questioning that being hmm. like why the fuck is she like wearing like a whole meat dress yeah. or like wearing these all like just crazy outfits hmm. but she's like that kept her from getting like 
sexualized. Because if you think about it, who really like? I mean, she to me, she's attractive, but like, not a lot of people think <laughs> she is exactly right. Yeah. So that worked in her favor, I guess. Mm. So it's how you like, it, how you really go like through this industry. Yeah, you know, and some people don't have the choice. I feel like they fall into that. Mm-hmm. Um, so they don't even realize it, and yeah, I mean, no, but I'm I'm thinking now, right? Like all the females we see in hip hop now, besides, I guess, Young Ma, who you know she takes yeah, that like yeah. stud route or whatever, yeah. but like all of them are sexualized. Like mm-hmm. even the new ones, Sexy Red, Ice Spice, mm-hmm. Lotto, um, City Girls, Sweet, like all of them, like they put themselves. So I had a question. I have a question yeah. for you. Do you think that they're sexualized or do you think because they are the way they are is why their people are listening to their music and that's what's really getting the hype? Okay, here's how <laughs> you know what yeah, I no, mean? I get it. I think this is what I think honestly, especially <laughs> so it's really in the, industry. the people or <laughs> I think it's the machine behind them and I think the machine wants prefers to push women who well, first of all, they're good-looking women. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, they're just exactly. sexy women in general. That's so, what like, I'm saying. So they're they automatically can't help sexualized. It. Yeah, yeah, they're not like they're not doing this. They're just that's how they are. But like, if you look <laughs> at other genres, like is Taylor Swift sexualized, or is it because she's not that sexy? You but know no, what I'm saying? But, but like, opted, she doesn't have to like dress half She's opted for like the love and like girl next door kind of like yeah, wholesome that vibe, and even yeah. that vibe is attractive to a lot of people. You know, yeah, which is what worked for her. Really, if you think about it, like love stories, what really took her off okay. back in the day. But it's one thing to like. Okay, maybe the audience is sexualizing these female artists because mm. they just find them attractive. Mm. But when you're playing into it by like twerking on stage or like, which maybe is their personality, yeah, yeah. but it's also like almost like an expected part of the act. Mm. Like I remember there was this one time I spice like she was performing and no one reacted, and she just turned around, and started shaking her ass, and everyone started going crazy. It's kind of like that's why they were there. <laughs> I hear you know what you. I'm saying. Like it's almost like. <laughs> They didn't even want to hear her rap. They wanted to see her, so her butt. You know what I'm saying? So take this in. Like when I first started um, music, like there was somebody who told me, like I I performed like this was in 2019. I just mm-hmm. performed like unreleased. I just had it wrote, written, mm-hmm. random beat on YouTube. Like it wasn't even my beat, but I got the opportunity to perform. So mm-hmm. I went and performed, mm-hmm. and I literally just performed. Like the beat is playing, and I'm just rapping like for like four minutes straight, and that was it. Um, I went home and I showed it to somebody who was like well known in the industry and they looked at the video. They're like, oh, like, you know, because I'm like, oh, I performed like I'm so happy, whatever. And they're like, yeah, but you're not doing anything like you have to like dance or twerk. You should have called some guy on stage. And like, you know, he's like, you have to like perform. You have to Mm. like do something to like entertain the audience. And I'm like. But that's not me. I'm like, I'm mm. talking about fucking self-motivation. Yeah. <laughs> Being like, bro, don't stop. Keep going. Like, you know, this is your life. <laughs> like, YOLO. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? I'm not going to, like, twerk on a guy. And plus, like... <laughs> to, like, some I- conscious music? That's fucked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, what am I going to do? Like, that's so fucking weird. So mm. I think that that's also, like, that expect- expectation from the industry. So when you do make music, which is like love song and like you know which is like a twerk song or a club mm-hmm. song i feel mm-hmm. like it's just almost that expectation to dance and it becomes yeah i'm not trying to like side with i i still mm-hmm. rate like all the female rappers yeah. because at the end of the day it really takes a next level of like confidence and energy to like put yourself out there into the world. And I know that because I'm doing it just as a regular person who's graduated from UFT, Mm -hmm. uh, immigrated here, you know? So I I know like it takes a lot, but at the same time, I think it's also, as you said, it's, it's, it is the machinery. Yeah. It's like, they didn't invent, they didn't invent the rules. They're just like, in order to, in order to play the game. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But it's unfortunate. Right. And, uh, I can take like even this example of um, this uh, recent artist. She's from Toronto. I don't know if you guys know Sad Boy. Um, she's like an R&B, um, hip hop, I guess R&B artist, hip hop artist. And I like recently like started listening to her music and I seen her perform. I think she's on tour with like another big 
R&B artist from the States and um, she's doing like this thing on stage and I thought it was so like because it's different again because mm-hmm. you have to play into the game right mm-hmm. so it's up to you now how you either you're twerking on stage or like showing skin or you know mm-hmm. what I mean or what are you doing so mm-hmm. what she did is she's literally I know this is gonna sound weird because I know it's like you guys are guys but like she has a song called like Potential and she's just talking about whatever like that they had potential with, she has potential with the guy, but the guy didn't work out, whatever. He's a bad man and all this, right? Mm-hmm. So she's performing the song, but what she does, she calls a guy on stage. She has him like in doggy style on stage and she sits, she's sitting on him and performing the whole song and like pretty much like whipping him and just like, you know, doing all that. Yeah. And it's like, she, isn't it, it's not like, it is sexual, but it's not sexual. You have to watch it. Like, and it's, it's entertaining. She, I'm telling you. <laughs> Who's this guy that fucking got on all fours and let her sit on This back, is, like, bro, this is. I would have refused. I'm like, I thought I was getting a lap dance. Why'd you call me on stage? <laughs> this is a back dance. <laughs> That's what you're getting. Like, <laughs> you guys have to watch her and follow her too, bro. She's, That's intense. She's sick. But it's kind of like reclaim, reclaiming that power in a sense. Yeah. It's like on her terms. It's because isn't that crazy? Instead of you, like. It's a little too of- dom for me personally, but like, I get it. <laughs> Listen, Man. there are guys who are into it. Because <laughs> trust me, she, she, because I'm, I follow her, right? So, like, I'm seeing her stories, and she's like, how people are commenting, be like, oh, I want to be the guy at your next show. So Interesting, yeah. So then I think okay. it's coming down to like how women, you know, are on stage she's and being how they creative use, with the expectations and, and being like reclaiming in her power. Yeah, yeah you're, she's reclaim, reclaiming that power and being on stage instead of like, I'm pretty sure she, twerks here and there but like that's just not her talent like not just that she's she's a great singer and stuff but now she's just making that like part of her set too is is a is a like a gimmick bro like Mm. now people are on on instagram being like yo what the fuck is happening like who is this girl you know what i mean that's like that's what you need that that, that attention is currency right yeah yeah so coming down to it i think as female artists we just have to be creative and Mm -hmm. we just have to like know what works for us because that's working for her like i could never do that i was gonna say don't do that bro (laughs) like i I was gonna let you know like i don't want that for you but i could i could never do that yeah don't but i i would like have my people on stage with me you know like my girls and like we're all in it yeah. but like i my vision is different because like again i'm i'm like my music is different right but i i rate her for that yeah like i respect her as an artist it's creative, I, it's creative. It is creative. even yeah. her music is great so mm. uh coming down to it just like we just have to reclaim that and be creative and in, in yeah. ways on how we present ourselves like I even as it. our like my my style like how i am on just like when performing, when I go out, mm-hmm. I think it's it's a representation of who you are. Mm-hmm. And um, that's like, yeah, your style is where who you are. Where mm-hmm. you come from, so. Yo, we're going to wrap up just now, but I want you to briefly just let us know like what you got working on. Like, what do you want people to know? Honestly, right now, I currently am working on a couple more singles that I have dropping before the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And I'm working on my WEP2. So that's hopefully coming out next year. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be sick. It's called uh, Boom Ba Boom, which is which means like loud, which means noise, and it's one word that is um, makes sense in Hindi and Konkani and Marathi, which is so I feel like, and those are two languages that I speak, mm-hmm. um, and English of course, but it doesn't make sense in English as yet. It kind of sounds. It kind of sounds like boom ba boom boom. Yeah, like, like boom ba boom, like yeah. loud. So like, I got you. Yeah, it's just I'm bringing that like loud energy, good energy. So yeah, that's that's how that's what I'm working on for next year. Mm-hmm. And uh, currently, other than that, like just have a lot of events for coconuts, bro. You already know I'm selling coconut water on the side. That's hard. That's dope. Fresh coconuts, Toronto. So I think that's that's we have a vegan deal next week, uh, downtown Toronto. So that'll be that'll be sick. Okay, well, yo, I appreciate you coming through. We finally made it happen. Thank you, you so know much. What I'm Appreciate it. Uh, make sure <laughs> you you check out Fanny Fina's music, the coconuts, all that good stuff. Make sure you comment, like, and subscribe. All that good stuff as well. DJ Czar. Until next time. Subscribe to Purple Sound.